0: been a minute since i done one of these welcome back to the funny with facts podcast what can I say but it's the new edition you know a lot of people have been requesting that I simply just talk about sports so fuck it that's just what we're gonna do Like I said, people have been really requesting me to just simply do a sports podcast, and I'm just like, fuck it, now's the time, With no time better than the present, so I don't really know where we're gonna go with this right now, but, but if you're gonna be here, and then you're gonna, you know, stick around and listen, I guess we'll just figure this shit out together, so... First and foremost, NBA finals time. Uh Bucks and Suns. You know what? I honestly can agree with a lot of the people when they say, you know, it feels good to not see LeBron in the finals and shit. You know, every if you listen to this, you should know that LeBron is my fucking favorite player of all time. Simple as that. I think he's the goat we can get into debates about this shit, whatever, I don't care, but, for the sake of, for the sake of basketball, and, and sports, in this, in this post-pandemic life, you know, post-bubble world, uh, it's refreshing not seeing a LeBron team in, in the NBA Finals, uh, not only that, but it's very refreshing seeing two new teams that we haven't... That this generation of, you know, basketball watchers haven't seen in a while. But, like, I know for a fact I wasn't alive when the Bucks were, uh won the championship. And I was only one when Phoenix was last in it. So it's refreshing seeing two new teams, you know, two new cities get to see their teams, you know, fight for glory basically. But um yeah. I know so enough of the bullshit. I know everybody now wants to hear who I think is gonna take this championship or whatever. <sighs> After game one, you know, Phoenix is up, one zero Well, by the way, beautiful win. Everything clicked together, the Phoenix showed that they're, they're a team to reckon, to be reckoned with, and they're gonna be a team to be reckoned with for the near future. Um, but with all that said, I truthfully believe Phoenix will pull this off in at least six games. At least six games. It could go to seven. You feel me? If, if Giannis does what he does and decides that you know this is this is gonna this is his year. He's not letting up. He's, there's no there's no there's no uh, Mr. Fraze, there's no uh there's no turning back. You feel me? Just, just he has to leave it all out on the court. Um but yeah, I, I believe Phoenix can pull this off in six because I don't think that Milwaukee is gonna lay down. I think they're gonna show that they're they're in the finals for a reason. Uh that none of you know, even though Brooklyn was injured in in the uh the semis they, they're gonna prove that this that 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 series win wasn't a fluke you know um and but but also to that on the other side Chris Paul is pretty much the X factor he's the X factor of the series Chris Paul Chris Paul and DeAndre Hayden uh but specifically Chris Paul at least in my eyes they're they're the X factor of He's the X factor of this series because he's a true point guard. Not, not. There's nothing against uh, Drew Holiday because Drew Holiday is a great point guard, but he's more of a natural defender. You know, as um, Chris Paul has, he's he's very offensive minded, and he'll get an off. He's going to move that. He's going to have that ball moving around while he's on the court. You know, his his mind just too, you know, is too sharp. For and you see, you've seen too much in this MB, in the NBA against you know great minds to not be able to you know pick apart what the Bucks are doing. Um, but on the other hand, Milwaukee, even though Milwaukee plays this, this style of basketball where it's pretty much you know where the ball is going, you feel me? Like, it's, it's either gonna go to Giannis in the paint or Chris Middleton on the trail three or just somewhere out in the on the on the perimeter, but even with how simplistic that offense is, it's pretty hard to stop. You Can't it, it, no matter what you think about Giannis, he has two steps in dribble. Whatever, no matter what, you can't stop it. So this series is gonna gonna be great. I just think Milwaukee. I mean, excuse me, Phoenix has a little bit more to pull this off and win this year's NBA championship I I, I believe Chris Paul would you know get his first ring and he's he's gonna cement his legacy as a top five point guard maybe even some can argue a top three uh but yeah definitely top definitely a top five point guard if he wins this one there's no debating about that no question. So, yeah, 4-2, uh, 4-2 four, two, four, two Phoenix. Phoenix is going to win this series in, four, in six games and, you know, pack Milwaukee up and it's going to be, you know, sweet trailers for them. <laughs> but, yeah, 4-2 Phoenix and, you know, I'm just going to say early congrats because that's just how I see it. You know, if, we're, if if something else happens, hey, at least this shit is on, Is on wax, I guess, you know. (laughs) You can hold me to this. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But right now, I don't think Phoenix... I mean, excuse me, Milwaukee... has enough to stop the Phoenix Suns. And Phoenix will win this year's NBA championship. No question. Okay, and sticking with basketball... I want to talk about Rachel Nichols. Now, understand I am a super pro black man. I, I believe in nothing but the advancement for black people, specifically black people. Uh, and this has nothing to do with, uh, excuse me, not nothing this, has nothing. this is nothing against every other. You minority race, but I'm a black man, so black people will always come first to me, Uh, but with that said, I don't think what Rachel Nichols said was ridiculously outlandish to the point where we we can think she's a racist, or we can use this as something as microaggression, or, you know, micro-racism or whatever, or you know the, uh, how people are saying how, how allies are you know performative in front of everybody with them behind closed doors this, this really has nothing to do with that in a sense now, uh, now granted I don't know what what how the the other person involved feels they're, they're saying that this is Le- uh, LeBron's uh, spokesperson or something or s- spokes agent let me, let me get the proper verbiage. but I don't believe that Anything as far as, uh, as what Rachel Nichols said ha- has uh, you know anything to do with you know racism or whatever the case may be. Like, uh, excuse me, he, he's uh, an an advisor to LeBron. Uh, his name is um, Adam Men- Mendelson. So yeah, I don't, I don't, but. but as far as him like him saying his comments about black lives matter and the me too thing i don't think you can you can put his opinion on rachel even though she may have laughed like like and, and let's let's be real some of y'all niggas is tired of, of, of the same things so why is it that we're mad at the white lady because she voiced it in a private conversation Listen, at the end of the day, Rachel Nichols has all rights to feel that. Let me backtrack. What Rachel Nichols is really uh, was really saying is. ESPN has this issue where because they weren't so diverse in their past. The fact that they're pandering to the black community and and as far as, you know, pushing nothing but black reporters on during NBA broadcasts speaks way more to the fact that the root problem of what Rachel Nichols was saying is that ESPN is a piece of shit. The ESPN company is a piece of shit. But... Because of the racial undertone, people are, you know, equating what her words to her being racist, and it has nothing to do with that. Rachel Nichols ha- is somebody who's been in, you know, the journalism game for well over two decades, especially if basketball players are saying they've known her over 20 years. So when it comes to nba finals reporting especially if espn and abc are the main broadcasters of the nba finals why is it that she can't feel a way that a reporter who probably doesn't have as much i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say as credited but who had to have the seniority the seniority that she has why is it why is it wrong that she can feel a way that she's getting a job simply because she's black? Yeah, my bad. Technical difficulties. But yeah, you can almost attribute it to you know how back in before affirmative action where black black people were qualified for certain jobs, but white people had to be you know the ones who stayed with them because you know they were deemed as the more qualified people even though the black person was just as equally or if not even more qualified you know so how I see it is she has all rights to feel that it's not fair that she's not getting a job or she's she's not being you know the main sideline reporter you know simply because Simply because ESPN wants to put a black a black face front and center, it it's it's unfair. It it is it is completely unfair, especially when if especially at ESPN, where as far as basketball goes, the hierarchy of it. It's now that especially now that Carrie Champion's not gone. I mean, excuse me, it's not there anymore. the hierarchy of basketball kind of is Doris Burke and Rachel Nichols at ESPN. Like, it, they're one and two. If it doesn't go to Doris, it goes to Rachel. So, I'm not, this, this is not a slight to Maria Taylor. I'm sure she is a, 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 a wonderful reporter. Every I'm, I'm 100% sure. I've seen, I've watched ESPN, I've watched her report. So, I know she's a wonderful reporter. But, rachel nichols is a is perfectly right in feeling that it's wrong that the network is brought is pushing an agenda for that that you know suits suits their bottom line more than it more than they genuinely feel this is you know the right thing to do i don't espn isn't pushing you know black faces in order to, you know, p- empower the black voice, they're pushing black faces because they know that that means that brings in black ratings, that brings in, you know, black households watching the games, which is kind of stupid because black people are going to watch the basketball games regardless. But again, I feel like, I feel like uh, Adam Mendelson's comments shouldn't be casted on Rachel Nichols, even though. Rachel Nichols feels you know kind of the same way because at the end of the day you niggas feel the same way too so I don't get I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna cast on on every on everybody I can't especially because I can't cast my feelings on everybody because sometimes I do get tired of him of seeing BLM everywhere as far as the marketing not the hashtag not the hashtag or the meaning behind Black Lives Matter, because Black Lives a hundred and twenty thousand percent matter. I'm talking about the marketing and the, the you know the the corporation behind the Black Lives Matter movement, the the monetization of it. This it that shit is isn't uh you know what the the movement is about. That's just that's the the white man getting his cut of black trauma as always but that's media what can you do so again I don't feel Rachel Nichols is any wrong for how she feels and if you feel she is hey you can that's that's your opinion to have but understand that Rachel Nichols isn't a racist she she started the jump and employed nothing but Black men. Some can say, "Oh, well, she had to," but realistically, no, she didn't. ESPN, ESPN has a whole bunch of people who can talk basketball. She could have kept it. She could have kept it straight. White faces talking about a, about a sport that is predominantly black, but instead, she hired ex NBA players, uh, NBA insiders who know what they're talking about. And she said, "I want you guys to come help me do this show, because you guys are the face of the NBA. You guys are what keeps that keeps that motor running, And you know, and and helps that and keeps that brand moving forward. So, Rachel Nichols is not a racist, and if you feel she is, think you kind of need to look a little bit more into, you know, a look. Well, not more into but look." Deeper and read between the lines of what she was really saying. That's it. All right, now let's get out of all the, the drama and shit. Let's do some hypotheticals. Let's do some hot takes. Uh, hot take LeBron James has never played on a super team. Here's why For one Every team he's played for Has Either Missed the playoffs The season before Or Have been a bottom of the tier Bottom of the tier Team Which you know kind of falls into Missed the playoffs the year before But Miami Miami think, I think barely missed the playoffs that year, they were a fifth seed team, let me me get my facts straight, because I don't need nobody, you know, coming at me about it, but, yeah, look, uh, Miami has, has, uh, yeah, they finished a lot, they finished third in the the, the East the year before LeBron joined. Uh yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah, okay. This is just making sure this is the roster. Yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, they were they were third in the in the East the year before LeBron joined. Um so aside from Miami, the the Cavs and the Lakers before LeBron had, you know, went to you know join those franchises uh, teams those teams were bottom of the league teams you know especially especially the league is in the uh the, the Cavaliers shit the Cavaliers built you know built their team Especially, especially the, those teams in um, from twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen. Well, twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen, rather than say. You know, uh, twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen. Excuse me. Uh, most of those teams were that that those teams those with Kevin Love and Kyrie and everything. Those, that team was built through pretty much the draft. Uh, yeah, because Kyrie was drafted, and Kevin Love was traded for. Anthony Bennett and Andrew Wiggins who the Cavs drafted so that team was built through the draft and free agency. So and so other than honestly other than him joining Miami in 2010 LeBron has never played for a super team and even even that Miami team wasn't a super team because those teams were never you were never over the hump, or well, rather, let me say, let me say, those Miami and Cleveland teams in the East were never able to beat LeBron when he was on the opposite end. If you follow along, meaning Miami was never able, able to beat LeBron, as well as uh, the Cavs were never uh, able to beat Miami and LeBron. If, if you're following me, if that so, and then by the time those teams were the talk of the town, it was because LeBron joined them. So, has he really ever played for a super team more so rather than he's gone to teams and made them better? Because the whole narrative of. You know, people saying he's played, he, you know, he started the whole, the whole, you know, f- fascination with super teams. It's kind of, you know, dumb to me because if, you know, of course, Boston had the first super team. And that was through trades and I believe a free agent signing. So, no, bo- those are both through trades. I, I'm sorry, I I, I smoke. I get high, <laughs> But, yeah, so... To say that LeBron's plays for super teams... When... He was always the... The changing factor in those teams... Kind of... Is kind of, you know... You kind of have to look at that as... Well... Are those teams... Were those teams... Super teams because... You know... They were just a simple talent... Or were they super teams because... They were the right talents, led by the the right guy. You feel me? Prime LeBron is, is undoubtedly the greatest basketball player we've ever seen. I don't. I and that's not a slight to Jordan or Kobe or or even Kevin Durant there. But Prime LeBron is unmatched. Was, there was really nothing you could do for him, as, as, except you could say his shooting was bad, but even when, even then, he can, he, there's nights where he'll go 6 for 8, or 7 for 9, you feel me, shit, 7 for 7 from 3, you feel me, there's nights where he can explode from beyond arc. but LeBron has never really played for a super team, more than, he's been the reason why teams were super teams. It was, he was always that, the determining factor, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like you wouldn't say the, the Justice League wasn't a good superhero squad, but we all know Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are kind of, you know, the real staple of that group. They, at least, at least they anything, they're the most powerful and I, this has nothing to do with you comic book nerds coming up in here and saying, "Oh, well, this thing." I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about from a generic standpoint, the, the 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 three strongest superheroes inside of Justice League are Batman because he's the smartest, Superman because he's fucking Superman, and Wonder Woman because she's Wonder Woman. The, it it, it, it it it's it's kind of the same. You have to equate it the same way with uh, LeBron's teams. There's always there's always going to be yeah. There's there's, there's the, the supporting cast help, but the three headed monster, you know, is always going to be, you know, the reason why his teams win. Him being Superman uh, uh, of the group because he's going to be the one that's everybody fears the most when they when you have to game plan but that's just my hot take Uh, it's gonna be a lot more so be prepared (laughs) switching gears and heading over to the NFL Uh, not too much going on in the world of football training camp hasn't started yet so don't have much to report on on that part but um yeah most of the nfl first round rookies have signed their deals number one overall pick trevor lawrence signed his 36.7 million dollar deal with the jaguars getting 24.1 on signing big bucks out here uh, number two overall pick Zach Wilson signed a thirty-four point one million dollar deal. Twenty-two on signing with the Jets. You know, J E T S Jets, Jets Jets Jets. Let's go. Uh, Trey Lance signed his signed a thirty-four point one deal. Twenty-two point one on signing. You know, Kyle Pitts thirty-two point nine. Twenty-one on signing. You know, some great deals going on here. Uh, who else? Let's see. Um, Patrick Sertan for the Broncos, $20 million deal. You know, I like, oh yeah, my man Penay Suell from Oregon. Uh, yeah, Oregon, from Oregon. You know, with the Lions, the, you know, the first offensive lineman taken. $24 million deal, 14 on signing. Justin Fields with the Bears, 18.8, 11 on signing. You know, the, the first round getting their money. I I like to see that. I like to see young brothers get their money. Uh but yeah nothing nothing much really to report on. You know it's, it's it's early. Uh Julio Brown Julio Julio Brown. Look at that dumb shit. Julio Jones uh on the Titans. That's a look. I like that. I really like that look. It's gonna open up AJ Brown because you can't you can't you can and I have to stress this enough. I don't care how how many injuries he's had in his past. Julio Brown, here you go with the Julio Brown. Julio Jones is still an elite receiver, still one of the top ten receivers, top five, you know, receivers in the league. And I repeat, you cannot, you cannot leave that man by himself. You can't, you can't, you cannot leave him, you cannot leave a cornerback one-on-one with Julio Jones, because he will, will, will violate him. <laughs> so, with that being said, it leaves a little, it leaves a, it leaves a guy on the other side open, you know, a little guy by the name of A.J. Brown. And, yeah, he's a, he's somebody who can easily break around 1,500 yards in a season, He so You know if he wants to So That being said I can definitely see The Tennessee Titans Having 2,000 yard receivers On their You know On their On their offense In their starting lineup As well as having A thousand Possibly 2,000 yard rushing Running back in Derrick Henry That That triple headed monster Is They're gonna be Pretty fucking elite Down there Pretty fucking elite and can't wait to see them go off. Uh, definitely can't wait to see them go off together. Um, another another, you know, thing about the NFL that's good, the jerseys, jersey numbers. I, I'm i really fucking excited and cannot wait to see, you know, these single-digit numbers out there on, on players. Like, I cannot wait to see a lot of these players playing in – and you know you know what the 1 through 9s I can't wait to see them playing you know that is, that's going to be really exciting to see it it's it's a it brings a level of excitement to the game and and you know for lack of a better term a level of swag you know they're, they're, they 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 with Danferro was doing good you know with the celebrations and you know letting you know that the players be expressive with their you know their cleats and stuff you know, during pregame and everything. Um, you know, I respect the NFL dress code as far as you know game day and everything you know goes. Being that a football, being a football player, you know, former football player, I should say. Uh, you know, I respect that. You know, you should look like a unit when you're going out there. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that there's the single-digit numbers on. Skill players, it's gonna look pretty fucking awesome out there. Like it's gonna bring it brings the college vibe to the game, and I know the players. You know, you know it goes. It all goes to what uh what Dion saying. this prom, Mr. time himself will say? You know, look good, feel good, play good. You feel me? So you know, if those guys feel great playing in. You know, their single digit numbers you might see some great football from, them. and definitely can't wait to see. Definitely cannot wait to see that going, you know. Uh, But lastly, you know, to wrap wrap up the NFL, you know, I got to talk about my Boys, my favorite team. Feel me, Washington. You know, Washington Football Team. Still H T T R to the you know to the death. I don't care. Um, it's it's our division. So anybody listening to this, if you're a Giants fan, uh, Eagles fan, Cowboys fan, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't care how you feel personally. <laughs> I, I truly don't give a fuck if you feel like I'm whining, because I'm not when I say this. But the division is going to run through Washington for a pretty, 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 you know, decent amount of time. You know, get three, four years maybe. It's a decent amount of time, and I think in that span we're going to win a couple of playoff games. You know, might even if we, if we can. If if some way through the draft or through a trade signing something we can find that that staple franchise quarterback where yeah he's the guy then you know who knows maybe a Super Bowl in the next five ten years who knows that I just know that defense is elite and it's gonna be elite for a while and you know the saying defense wins championships and as far as I'm concerned that's gonna always be the case so. Yeah, just just a quick quick little splash of my personal opinion in there. It's Washington's division until it ain't Washington division no more. That's just how I see it. Quickly sticking with football news. Uh, not related to the NFL, at least the XFL and the CFL. Uh, their talks to, you know, be a joint league have stopped. They they, you know, amicably decided to not join, you know, forces and be a joint league. And you know, I I think you know, first of all, if if the, if it would have worked out, I think it would have been a beautiful idea. To bring to to bring you know, a Premier League that you know people, people have gone to the NFL from, a lot matter of fact, Hall of Famers actually, um, and bring a league that you know, is more known for entertainment, but has tried to, you know, to focus more on the football aspect, you know, with their recent run, and. Personally, I believe that the deal only fell through because either league did not want to basically be the backdrop. They didn't want to be the second fiddle league. And most people would think that, you know, well, being that the CFL has is an is an established brand that, you know, they should be the 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 face of that joint venture but come on man the person who bought the xfl is dwayne the rock johnson dog you think you think anything with his face is going to play second fiddle (laughs) like come on dog anything he's attached to isn't playing second fiddle so the only reason why that deal fell through is simply because either side didn't probably didn't want to budge and say yeah well this is your league and we'll just be the little brother basically that's that's all that was. Couple quick hitters. Uh, shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, Stanley Cup champions. Congratulations, second year in a row, back to back championships. Uh, you know, I, I don't watch too much hockey, but I'm. I, I guess that's a hard thing to do. I'm pretty sure back-to-back championships in any sport is it's a hard thing to do, especially professionally. Uh, so shout out to those guys. Uh, uh, shout out to uh, Lightning, you know Tampa Bay's goaltender, the goalie Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, you know winning the Con Smith, Smythe. Hope I'm saying that right. The, the Conn Smythe Award. You know, basically the MVP. Uh, yeah so congrats congrats to them boys in Tampa Bay uh yeah um and you know there's obviously another sport that I didn't talk about baseball uh I don't really I haven't really been following baseball too much you know baseball is a, a sore it's a sore spot for me right now because you know I used to work at Yankee Stadium and you know kind of miss that job kind of miss working in the atmosphere i used to i was heavy on it when i was working there i, I was you know, all with the numbers i cared i cared eh, not so much I, I know my yankees are doing bad though I, I know these guys are you know they're not playing up to their potential they're not playing up to the lineup you know just the roster that they have the potential of that roster at least uh i just got, i have a quick just a quick hot take about them is just in My whole thing is, I feel like, you know, it's time for, uh, Brian Cashman to get the fuck out of there. Like, I think he's, his time as GM has run its course. Uh, I think it's time we get some, a new, some new fresh, uh, a new fresh mind in there and, and, uh, you know, seeing what he... What somebody else can do with with the Yankee franchise, you know, and it's time to stop letting him ride off of that, uh, you know, off of the the couple championships that he was an assistant GM, and and then the one championship he's won as a GM, you know, it's it's the kind of time he's, you know, he's out. You know, it's the kind of time he goes. You know, it's, it's, he's run his course. Some some people can say. Uh, Maybe Aaron Boone needs to go too. But I don't really think it's, it's Boone. I think it's it, – it, I don't really ever think it, it's it's a problem within the locker room unless you see the players' frustration with how things are being played out. Uh, so I always think when, when teams have issues, it's always from the – the top up, you from, um, excuse me, the top down. It, it's never, it never really starts starts at the bottom with, with the actual team, unless the players are voicing their frustration with how things are being played out. So, so yeah, that that's just my quick take. I think Brian Cashman, his his time is up in New York. I think it's time for him to go. Uh, I know uh, Jake DeGrom, shout out to Jake DeGrom with the uh, 0.95 ERA, you know, super low. No, if anything, I hope the Mets can do it. You know, if the Mets can be the team taking from New York, that's cool. You know, any New York team is good with me. So, that being said, hope you stuck around to the end of this shit. If you didn't, eh, maybe it's just not for you, I guess. <laughs> it's been the Funny But Facts Sports Edition podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll let y'all next week.